0: Hi, welcome to In The Pink, sponsored by Bose. Stay home, stay healthy, stay connected. Right, let's talk about how you went from that into this incredible Olympic journey that you embarked on. Um, Your first gold medal in 2004?
1: Yep, that's right.
0: right. And I'm not going to gloss over that because that was an incredible moment for you. Uh, Just reflect on that for us.
1: Yeah, it was... I went into it as world champion. So the event I was riding was the 1000 meter time trial where you only get one ride, there's no heats, there's no qualifications. So you basically don't know what your rivals have got until, until it's too late. So, um, you know, you, you go up in reverse order of your seating. So I was world champion, I was last to go. So I sat and watched everybody post their time before I went on the track. And I think three riders or four riders before I went up, um, a guy from Australia, Shane Kelly, He went up and broke the world record. And then the next guy, the German, Stefan Nimka, broke it again. And then Arnold Tournall from France broke it again. And I was last to go, having seen the world record broken three times. So it was just a really, although it's a very physical event, it's a kind of pure event, the time trial. There's there's no tactics involved. It's your strategy. You're just racing against the clock. But the mental side of it is really a huge challenge because it's so hard not to be distracted um, by, the times that the other riders have posted so i got to the start line you know it was just everyone else had finished their ride it was me to go i was last to go and it just felt like the most intense pressure i would ever felt in my life um, and this was the most important moment because i this is this is my chance to become olympic champion my dream and the only way i got through it was just by basically visualizing and focusing on myself and not worrying about the the variables not worrying about what anyone else has done because i had no control over that just literally stick to the game plan, and get it out, get, get that all those you know, thousands of hours of hard work, the visualisation, the mental preparation. Um, and it was so surreal because I crossed the finishing line and, I, and it was so like all the visualisations, all the kind of mental rehearsal, it was, it was almost like the perfect ride. But I hadn't visualised what was going to happen after the finishing line. So normally you celebrate straight away if you've won the race. And I crossed the line and I just for a moment thought, is this, is this actually happening? Is this real? And I looked up at the scoreboard and I saw my name and the number one and OR for Olympic record. And it was just, this, this is actually really odd, but I should put my arm, I should put my arm in the air just in case I have actually won this in case this is real. Cause I'll look really odd if I'm not celebrating. And I did about a lap or two just looking like I'm completely in a daze until I spotted my family up on the stands, waving the, the flag and the banner. And it kind of sunk in that this is, this is actually happening. And yeah, I achieved my, my dream of becoming Olympic champion it was that was the you know I'd say other than in London 2012 that was the most significant moment of my, my whole career.
0: And how did you keep that mental strength up because that must as you've touched on been intense was that all self-coached all visualization because it's a hell of a lot for one bloke to take on.
1: It's well I think in the early days before we had um so Steve Peters was our psychologist and he he changed the way that I looked at my my life not just my sporting life and um, but I didn't really engage with Steve when he first joined the team because up until that point we'd never had a psych- psychologist it was seen as a bit of a, a kind of mysterious thing and also it was almost like a, a, a showing a sign of weakness to go and see a psychologist you know if they if someone in the team was seeing a psychologist everyone was like what what are they you know what's he talking about and you know is yeah. he making you lie on a sofa and talk about your childhood and things like that you know you, you thought it was some sort of I don't know. Almost, yeah, a sign of weakness that you had to see a psychologist. Whereas now, of course, we know that's absolute nonsense. And it's there's so much, so much you can, can, can gain from seeing somebody who can help your your mental side of your sport because often the mental side is is what separates the you know the, the first from second from third place. So um, Steve Peters was incredible. He he taught me about perspective in life, about you know caring about what you're doing and have passion for what you're doing, but understanding that it is actually. pretty trivial unless you're saving lives what you do is is pretty trivial so the consequences are getting it wrong you know if it goes wrong so what you know you're riding bikes in anti-clockwise circles it's not life and death you've got to enjoy it you've got to give it your all but not fear the outcome not worry about failure um and also not let success be a distraction too you know not not you're not going into the race thinking about the gold medal or thinking about what would happen if i lose this you're thinking about the process so you focus on the process and the, out, not the not about the outcome. You focus on the process, the outcome will follow. But just it's the kind of ABC of what you need to do will hopefully lead you towards that end result. But you never worry about the end result when you're doing it. It's just the process.
0: That's so interesting because naturally I would assume as humans, I know I do it, I would definitely be thinking about the result. If this happens, I'm going to be an Olympic champion. If it doesn't, I'm not. And you bounce mm. between two extremes and that can't be yeah. healthy. But how on earth do you... Sort of compartmentalize enough to sort of keep those thoughts from creeping in.
1: Well, it's I mean you're absolutely right there. You, you look at football as an example. Look at the penalty shootouts in um, you know a World Cup final or a semi-final, and you're stepping up to take that penalty. And these guys they could score a goal you know a, a penalty with their eyes closed 999 times out of a thousand, but that one time where they've got to do it, and they're either going to be the hero or the villain if they miss, and and, you know, that is a classic example of being able to focus in the process in that moment, not, not thinking, God, if I stick this in the top corner of the net here, we're going to be in the World Cup final or we're going to win the World Cup. And equally, I'll be on the headlines if I'm the one that misses it. There, there's that pressure, that weight. And they, they change the way that they approach the ball. They might make a last second change of decision about where they're going to go for it. They might end up sticking it in the other corner and missing or or sticking it straight at the keeper or whatever. So, for me, the way I got around that whole, you know, worrying about the outcome, it was purely focusing on, on the process. Having a, the, the visualization part of it is very important. So, you know, visualizing exactly what you want to do through each stage of your race, um, and and but not having such a rigid plan that if something happened or, or you know, like in the Kieran, for example, of the sprint, there's lots of variables, things can change. So you can't just have one plan, but it's about being able to refocus um, and reapply the next plan if plan a is not working you, t- you change to plan b or plan c or plan b but but visualization is a really powerful tool definitely
0: now you you said that 2004 aside from 2012 was probably the most significant moment is that because it, it released some kind of pressure off you in a way because you proved yourself now you could almost relax and say well, I've, i'm established now as an olympic gold medal winner i can just get on with what i'm good at now
1: I think it's because it's such a big thing. And I always, growing up, I always saw Olympic champions or people who were successful in their sport or their career. They were just different to the rest of us. They were born that way. They were, they were, they were destined to be champions. And, and it was in 2000 when I saw my teammate Jason Queeley win the gold medal in Sydney that, that my, kind of, my whole, it was like a real light bulb, light bulb moment because I suddenly thought, well, here's a guy who's just, he's just Jason, he's my, my mate, he's an ordinary bloke. You know, he's not a superhero like I thought Olympic champions would be. And he's just won a gold medal and he was the first person that I knew personally who had, you know, become an Olympic champion. I thought, well, if he can do it, maybe I can get close to that. And it was a real inspiration to see him win the gold medal. So four years later, I think winning an Olympic gold medal was, it was without doubt, the biggest target and the biggest ambition I had. And once you've won that gold medal, you're an Olympic champion for life. So, You know, I think there was pressure lifted and it was significant, but on the downside, nothing was measuring up to it. So every race I went to after Athens, you go to a World Championships the next year in LA, 2005, and it was just, I felt a bit flat. and I, I couldn't get the best out of myself because I felt like it's, it's not, this isn't as important, it's not as big, it's not as great as the Olympics. Um, so I definitely experienced a bit of a dip after the 2004 Games. Um, and it took a while to start changing things around. Ironically, the the biggest or the, one of the most important shifts in my career was when that event was dropped from the Olympic program. So in 2005, they, they dropped the kilo from you know, the one I was Olympic champion in the event I was Olympic champion. in from the Olympic Games um, program in, <coughs> in Beijing, <coughs> excuse me. And um, so I had to make a decision. Do I retire now, age 28, 29? Or do I try and take up a new event and adapt and, and sort of learn a new new skills and tactics and techniques? Um and it was purely because of the support around me, the amazing structure of support, the coaching infrastructure, the psychological infrastructure too, with Steve Peters, um, that allowed me to to pursue these new events and to develop these new skills and go on to, to win the, the three gold medals in Beijing.
0: Thanks so much for listening to In The Pink. I hope you've enjoyed the podcasts you've listened to so far. Please don't forget to rate, review and subscribe. Check out our Instagram page at in underscore the underscore pink. And you get all the details there about how you can win some of those Bose noise cancelling headphones. And... Join the community. We're all talking about the various guests that we've had on the podcast and who we'd like to see and hear in the next few weeks. So thank you for joining us. Stay with us. Stay healthy. Stay home. Stay connected with Bose.
1: Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods,